Minutes Name Taken Podcast. Welcome to episode two. I am your host, Michael Marshall. Each week, I interview and celebrate the unique stories and shared Michael Marshall experiences of another Michael Marshall somewhere else in the world. So I don't know if you've ever tried your hand at writing fiction. Um, It's something I'm still working on. I've attempted NaNoWriMo twice and actually succeeded once on a group of science fiction stories. I'm still working on them, but it's been years. (laughs) But even if I absolutely crush it and get one of those published, it won't even light a candle against Michael Marshall Smith. Now, over the past five decades, Michael Marshall Smith has published, not written, published 14 novels and 96 short stories in suspense, horror, and sci-fi. In addition to that, he's won a number of British Fantasy Awards and the Philip K. Dick Award. That is a huge deal in the world of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror fiction. Here's why he was a great early Michael Marshall to talk to. In addition to being among our most visible and widely acclaimed cultural representatives, Michael Marshall Smith publishes under three different names. Michael Marshall Smith, Michael Marshall, and Michael Rutger. Who better to discuss a Michael Marshall of the imagination as a distinct identity and voice than someone who has had to distinguish Michael Marshall against their own other authorial shades and hues? Now, all that said, Michael Marshall Smith doesn't get mistaken for other Michael Marshalls. I can only assume this is because he is the Alpha, which I have decided to call Michael Marshall Ultima. This isn't exactly the strongest support of my argument that we have a common name and get mixed up with each other, but you know, in this regard, Michael Marshall Smith is unique when compared to the other dozen or so Michael Marshalls I've already spoken to. So in the coming weeks, you'll hear some mostly wholesome stories about mistaken identities. So hang tight. Okay, without further ado, here is my occasionally meandering chat with the great Michael Marshall Smith. Okay, okay, uh, Michael Marshall Smith, thank you for joining me. Pleasure. So I'm glad we could talk about this project because in addition to your extensive literary career, you carry the even more lofty distinction of holding the number one rank in a Google search for a Michael Marshall. So congratulations <laughs> thank, to that. Thank you. I didn't did realize that that's, that's nice to know. It's a, it's a contentious category. So <laughs> I have been doing my research and just in the United States alone, there are roughly 29,000, or I'm sorry, 2,900 right. Michael Marshalls. So It's interesting because, I mean, um, something that I, I kind of was only really aware of when we moved here is just how... Michael is a much more common name in the States than it is back in the UK. I mean, you you, you do see it, um, but it's nowhere near as common. I mean, I know a bunch of Michaels here just in, in Santa Cruz, whereas I don't think I know a single one back in the UK. It was, I mean, especially in the 1980s, it was the low effort boy's name. I don't I don't think I've ever been in a classroom my my entire my entire life without there being other Michaels. Right. So but that's interesting to hear. I didn't realize that it wasn't as common in the UK. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, does that change the way that you think about identity, uniqueness, not necessarily being the only Michael in a room anymore? I think, um, I mean, 
That's good. that's actually a good question um, because, <clears throat> as I say, moved here, met a few Michaels, and then recently, and oddly, this is contradicting what I just said. I, I met someone here in mm-hmm. town um, who has exactly the same name as me, uh, using my kind of official surname, and so there is a kind of slightly weird identity thing. You know, another guy of about the same age, you know, similar background with exactly the same name. It does make you think, well, that's that's odd. It is a strange thing. So. When I when I reached out, you were one of my first crop of Michael Marshalls, mm-hmm. and I reached out and I said, "I'm working on this podcast." Only other people named Michael Marshall. Like, what was your first reaction? I was I was I was I was fascinated by it. Really, I mean, actually, I've I've had a slight sort of heads up on this in the distant past because I've got a, a writer friend called Nicholas Royal, and he a few years ago actually did um, an interview with two other people called Nicholas Royals. He's okay. a, he's a, he's a novelist. One of them's a, an academic and the other one I believe is a geneticist or something completely left field compared to him. So I thought, Oh yeah, that's a cool idea. And I just, it never occurred to me that I, <laughs> I might be to join and be able to join in on something like that as well. So yeah, it's, 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 it's a cool idea because it's, I mean, name, names are strange things. I, I will, I forget names pretty quickly, actually. I, you know, once I've seen a face, I'll remember it for the rest of my life, but names just drop out of my head straight away. And I, I, you know, I do sometimes wonder whether or not they're almost like a kind of coat that you put on or whether or not they're really part of you. You know, it's funny you would say that too, because in your, your career, I know of three names that you use for different different types of writing. So I was wondering if we could address like all three of those quickly. Yeah, I started off writing under the name of Michael Marshall Smith, because right. Smith is my my given surname. Mm-hmm. And then for dull publishing reasons, I, I ended up writing a new type of book and lopped off the Smith and became Michael Marshall, which felt which felt like which felt odd. Um, but actually, I've now written more novels under that name than than under the previous name. So that has become, to a large degree, a kind of professional. That's my professional persona. That's who I, you know, if someone yelled that out, I would now turn my head. Sure. Um, okay. Because it's it's become a real sort of name. There's also uh, Michael M. Smith, which I wrote one book under, and Michael Rutger, which I've written two books under. So I, I've certainly played the field, but always Michael. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to basically to have every name there is with Michael at the front. It's a long term project. <laughs> now, as Michael Rucker, you were also you were a comedy writer. I was, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, well, long time ago, thirty years ago, I I did write comedy and perform comedy, and I for the English equivalent of the Str- of Screen Actors Guild, which mm-hmm. is Equity, you had to choose a name that nobody else had, ah. and obviously Michael Smith had been taken quite some time ago. Sure. So I I chose Michael Rutger, and that that I, I turned out to be an absolutely lousy actor, so <laughs> I didn't go anything do anything with that. But I, you know, when I when I yet again wanted to slightly change the genre of books that I was writing, I I just reached straight for that. So your suspense name is largely that's Michael Marshall. Michael Smith. Marshall. That's Michael Marshall. Uh, yeah. And then horror and science fiction is Michael Marshall Smith. That's correct. And then the adventure suspense type work is all Michael Rucker. Yes. Now, when you sit down to write for these different genres, are these just pen names, or are you? kind of switching into a different ego or or a sense of self? Well, I, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I, I don't go to quite the extent of like, you know, wearing a special hat or having special sort of Michael Marshall clothes, but sure. I, I, a project tends to kind of announce itself as, 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 as being one of those things, partly because it's genre, it's, it's genre based, as you pointed out, partly also there's just a slightly different sensibility. So there's, yeah, there's different sides of the same ego, maybe. Okay. And when does a story feel like a Michael Marshall story and not another type of story? 
Michael Marshall has written the bulk. Uh, I mean, I, I forget how many novels I've written. It's about 13 or 14. And he's written the bulk of those. And there's a kind of, there's a certain type of sort of suspense voice. And they all also um, tend to be said in the present day, whereas some of the stuff I do on Michael Marshall Smith isn't. <laughs> so that's that's a distinction that sort of helps me, helps me sort of make it in my head. One one question that I've been grappling with as I've been preparing for this project, and it's the the type of affinity that I think you and I or any of the other Michael Marshalls and their derivatives share, mm. because I've been using terminology, not just in this interview, but, you know, kind of in my head and with with other interviewees like the others or mm. we. Um, but we're not really we don't really have any actual affinity right like when i was uh you know this was inevitable statistically this was an inevitable like an inevitability but like mm. a couple days ago i did find pretty trumpy kind of michael marshall and i felt just kind of like it brought the whole group down <laughs> but, it's brought dishonor to our clan yes exactly so i'm wondering like do you have that kind of knee-jerk reaction? Is there a sort of bizarre affinity that we have, some kind of like loose heritage? And how would you des- describe whatever we that that we are? I, I, that's that's a super interesting question because I mean, when you started, when you started asking, I was sort of, my mind immediately started spinning saying, well, if there's the, if there's a similar surname, then there's probably that, you know, who knows whether or not there's some sort of crossover in the past, because, you know, there are many more people now than there used to be. Also, what in particular made, you know, our parents choose Michael as a first name um, here, as you say, you know, relatively more common back in the UK, really quite uncommon. So what pushed them both in those sort of directions? Um, and, you know, I kind of don't know the answer to that, really. It's sort of you feel that there should be. It's a bit like it's it's there's something slightly uncanny about it. I think when you encounter someone who's got exactly the same name, that it, it does feel like it should mean something. But it's not immediately clear what it is that it should mean. It's some sort of weird nomenclature twinning um, that feels like it should come with a kind of genetic twinning as well. But it it, it clearly doesn't. So, yeah, it's odd. I'm wondering if in some ways I've I've been joking around with this too. I've been joking around. No one else has thought this was funny. I thought this was really funny. <laughs> I mean, are you familiar with Midnight's Children by Salman Rushdie? Uh, I've, I know of it. I haven't read it. The premise is that all of the children born at midnight at the beginning of Indian independence shared this sort of like this psychic unity. that They all had like kind of superpowers right. and sort of were preordained by the universe to kind of find each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure, you know, if, if this podcast is sort of the beginning of that, but <laughs> can you speak to anything, you know, in the present or the past, any sort of sense of collective effervescence or indirect awareness of the others that you really can't explain? <laughs> I, I can't, but I love the idea. It sounds to me like, like it's, uh, there's definitely a kind of Netflix or streamer show in this somehow that gradually, you know, it starts off like this. You reach out, you start speaking to people a little way down the line. You realize, hang on a minute. Every single person has used one word, one particular word at random in, in these podcasts. Does that mean something? And then you, you reach out back to us and say, why did you use the word? And it's just like, well, it was part of the sentence. And then suddenly we start to realize that there is some weird Michael Marshallian plan going on that we, that we were ignorant of. But no, I love it as an idea. But I've, I've never, until you got in touch, I'd never met a Michael Marshall. Um, so 
I wasn't just I wasn't really aware of others. I don't suppose that's that's interesting because uh, that that was one of my questions. So you've never you know created a username for for like a new social media platform and encountered already somebody took took our name or you no one's ever come to like a book signing or anything like that and they they were like hey guess what no i actually no no one's come to a book signing and when i because for social media i stuck with michael sure. marshall smith just because it was there and it's easier and it's like it's two-thirds of that name anyway um and michael rutger is different no i mean the, the the nearest i've come which is not even remotely the same is that I've, every now and then someone dms me thinking that i'm marshall mathers and i don't know i think it's because my I for my Twitter handle is E M E M E S S to spell M M S, and people just don't read properly and think it's M M N. So every now and then I get something for M M N. I mean, I can't even say it now. Um, but no, so I haven't. I've never actually. But what did you say? There were two thousand nine hundred in the, the at states? least. Yeah, according to the the twenty ten census, there were around two thousand nine hundred. There are more actually in in right. Canada, and I've I've tracked down a few in the UK. Because I mean, statistically, I guess that's that's not a whole lot in however many hundred million people there are here. So, so yeah, I guess no, I haven't. Well, I do want to talk like a little bit about your incredible career and your your unique background. I mean, I know you were born in the UK, so can you tell me about your origin story? Yeah, I was I was born in the UK. Um, my father was uh, an academic, and or a fledgling academic at that stage, and the first job he could actually get. For in his in his field was in um, Illinois. So before I was one, we moved to Illinois and we lived there for a few years. Then we moved to Florida for a few years um, until I was about seven. Um, then he got a job in South Africa, so we lived there for a year. Then he got a job in Australia, so we lived there for another year. Um, and then we went back to the UK. Um, and because, I mean, throughout that period, both my parents are English, throughout that period, I'd kind of, there would be, there'd been this kind of thing of, oh, well, at some point we'll go home to the UK. And so when we got back to the UK, I thought, okay, well, here we are home. And it took me until my kind of teens to realize that actually it didn't feel much like home because a lot of my formative years had been elsewhere and in particular in the States. Um, and so I did a lot of traveling to the States. All of the Michael Marshall novels are set in the States. Um, most of what I've done actually has been set in the States. And then about 10 years ago, for a variety of reasons, we discovered um, Santa Cruz in, in California and thought we could live here. And so we moved. Um, so, yeah, I've been around a bit, um, but still sound fundamentally English, I suspect. And um, to, I, is there any any special story about about your name? So Michael Marshall Smith, is there any any special family story or anything like that? Only insofar as my father is David Marshall Smith. My grandfather was James Marshall Smith. So um, and I've I've asked my father about this, but in common with a lot of, you know, if, if my mother was still around, she might well know. But but my father is just blanked the whole thing and to just just says, well, no, it's it's always been that way. So um, but what I'm not aware of is there having been any particularly significant marshal back in the past. Maybe it was a inherited name from some other side or something, but I, I'm not aware of it. It's just, it's at least three or four generations old as a middle name in my family. This is something I've actually, I've wondered about. I'm a, like a fan of sci-fi and horror too. So I'm, I'm familiar with your work. It's an interesting history because on one hand, I think as a teenager encountering somebody in a genre that you're passionate about who has your own name there's something exciting about it and then later on in my mm. 20s um i started writing myself 
And then it became a different sort of thing. It became a sort of challenge that, that like that there's already another one out there in science fiction or fantasy. Right. You're um, like such a consistent and prolific writer. You know, you're like a decorated author, but you're also like you start writing a trilogy and you finish writing it. Which is like not always true in <laughs> in sci-fi or horror fantasy. So how do you manage to be prolific and consistent? And how do you develop and complete these projects? I mean, I guess really simply I'm asking, like, what's your creative process? Well, it's funny you 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 it's, you're going to say I'm prolific. I mean, I, I feel I should have written about five more novels than I than I have done. I mean, there's 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 been gaps between them and I've spent time doing other things and there's a bit of a gap at the moment because I I've been drawn more into into the kind of mm -hmm. TV world over the last couple of years. Um I think it's it's, you know, as you know as a writer yourself, it's just one of those things you don't have a lot of choice over. It's um I, I mean partly because I can't really do anything else, but mainly because I don't really want to. Um, and there's the, there's the Lawrence Kasdan quote, which I've always loved, which says that being a writer is like having homework every night for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> and it feels right. like that, but it's self-imposed homework. It's sort of, there's, there's some little bit of your brain while you're sleeping that says, okay, tomorrow your job is this. And it's, it's not, because it's not imposed from the outside. I mean, <clears throat> some of it is, of course, when you get into publishing and, and then suddenly there's deadlines and people giving you grief and notes that you disagree with and so on. But otherwise, there's just this kind of inner drive to make stuff up um, and then see where it goes. And that is probably the most compelling drive in my life. And it's the thing that gets me up and it's the thing that, that'll get me to the to the desk. I mean, I, I see myself as incredibly unfortunate during this kind of COVID period in that you know, partly I've had quite a lot of work coming down the pipe as it happens anyway, but even if I hadn't, I'd have written something. I'd have written a short story, I'd have started a new novel, just because that's what I do. It's, it's, and sometimes it gets on my nerves, sometimes sure. it's hard, but it's what I do, you know, so. As, as somebody in a, in the creative industry, I've um, performed as a musician for a number of years and I think, like you said, it's it's not always fun, but there's there's a period before you you feel like you hit your stride and you know your capabilities that it's really unnerving. So what was the point in your career where you just went from somebody who was getting a lot of short stories sent back with edits to someone who's like, OK, well, now, now I'm a writer. This is this is it. That's a that's, that's a good question. And I. I think everybody's journey down that path is going to be different. Um, and I'm not sure that there necessarily is that moment where, in fact, I'll go, I'll go out and say, I don't think there is that moment where you basically think, oh, okay, a switch has been turned. This is now what I do. This is, I, I now, I, I, I now feel secure in this because you, you never do feel secure in it. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how well your, your last but one book sells it's how well your last book and preferably your next book and it's i think with any creative career be it art be it music be it writing um there's ups and downs and one of the things that's involved in it is a certain amount of kind of resilience in terms of saying there are a very few people who who you know hit a home run the first time out and then just keep going and going and going um but for everybody else, it's uh, it's not just a job; it's a life, and it'll be cyclical. And so, I'm not sure that really answers your question. I and mean, I think I think the initial answer was I actually was forced slightly by circumstance. I'd sold some short stories. I 
um, had written a novel. I'd got a, I'd got a contract to write another novel. And then basically my kind of day job, I'd spent so long doing, writing a TV project that never <laughs> happened that my day job just basically sure. went away. And so I said, okay, well, you know, sink or swim, you better just do this now. And um, it's been that way pretty much ever since. And again, there's been some, you know, a few years ago, I had a point where I thought, oh, okay, this is all falling apart. Um, and, you know, it didn't. And, you know, we, we keep on going. I wrote a different type of book and that's doing okay. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a process. I mean, this is, this has been great. I know I've taken up a lot more of your time than I promised. So I want, I want to say yeah, it's been a pleasure. The first thing is I know you just released a question, a collection of short stories because I have yeah. been reading it and revisiting some, some past stories or a number of yours all week. So do you want to touch on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, over the, I guess, uh, 30, I forget older. Yeah. About 30 years I've written, Annoyingly, it's 96 short stories that have been published. It would have been so nice for the best of collection if I could have say 100 short stories. But no, so so um, publisher approached me and said, would you like to do a best of? And we carved out, I, I guess it's 30 some. And, you know, it's it's there's something a little bit weird about it because it's there's something about the title, the best of that almost sort of implies, well, that's it, you're done now. And I absolutely am not done now. But it's it was really really interesting because it was looking back over 30 years of short stories of all different types lengths genres set in variety of places of the world and looking back and i could remember writing every single one of those things um you know what my mood was at the time what desk i wrote it at what i was feeling where i was hanging they're, they're almost like little insects in amber of a, of a part of life you know going back to what i was talking about earlier in terms of it's a it's i'm sure you feel the same as as someone who does creative stuff it's it's not something you do, it's something you are, and each little bit of it stays with you. And so it's, yeah, I'm delighted to have it to have it out. They've done a really nice job of publication, and it's a, it's a thick book. It's a heavy book, but I hope it's, uh, I hope it's worth reading. Wonderful. Okay, well, before we go, do you think there's anything that I've missed? And do you have any words of wisdom, any messages for all of the other Michael Marshalls, present and future? <laughs> no, I think I, <laughs> um, just keep on keeping on, Michael Marshalls. And, and, you know, who knows? That thing could be true. That's just you know, every morning check your email just in case there's something from a Michael Marshall saying, OK, now tonight we ride at dawn. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> OK, Michael Marshall Smith, thank you so much for joining me. Really nice to meet you. And thank you. All right. There you go. Uh, I want to give a big thanks to Michael Marshall Smith for being such a gentleman and saying, that's a great question, Michael, over and over again. If you're looking for a book, I highly recommend his recently published retrospective collection of short stories. It's gigantic. It's a tome. Um, I love being able to crack the book and pick something to start and finish in a single evening. It makes me feel really accomplished. Uh, I want to thank Carolyn, Megan, Nevin, and Chris for helping me work through ideas for this episode, as well as Miles Kalchik, again for my excellent intro and outro jams. Next week, I interview none other than Mike Marshall, an Oregon-based gay rights, climate, and drug policy activist. Mike Marshall is my aspirational Michael Marshall, so don't miss that. If you or someone you know is a Michael Marshall, or if you just have a common name, reach out and share your story. Thanks. Thanks.